Hi, everyone. Welcome to Get a Word In With Me, your host, Josh Wagner, connecting with different friends in different locations and vocations, discussing yesterday, today, and beyond. And today, I'm going beyond professional friendship. I'm going to one of my dearest friends of all time. His name is Ben Pundle. He's joining us from New York City. How are you, Ben? Josh, thank you so much. Lovely to see your face. Thank you. Thank you. Always love to see yours. I start off with a little dinner table introduction, and here's how I would introduce Mr. Pundle at a dinner table. He is the VP of Brand Experience for Edition Hotels. He is the founder of A Hotel Life and the creator of Stay Plastic Free that is taking the efforts to eliminate single-use plastics in the hospitality sector. Much more than that, he is one of my greatest mentors of all time, a true confidant in everything in my life, and privileged to have his shoulder to lean on as my friend. Mr. Pundle, it is great for you to be with me today. Did I miss anything? Thank you very much. I think I would introduce you as hairy, exceptionally nice, incredibly knowledgeable. There you go. Come on. There you go. Sorry. Button it up. There you go. Very, very happy happy to be chatting to you, Josh, on this. uh, I think it's the eighth week of quarantine Mm. here in New York that Tansy and I have been on on lockdown. So, uh, you know. So I, I like to start off, Ben and I have known each other for nearly 18 years when I begged to be an intern for him, uh, my first professional hire in the hospitality world. Before we kick it off, Ben, you don't know I'm asking you this, but share one story about you and me with everybody. Just one? Just what? Share one story about you and I. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, just to put a few things into perspective for people who are watching this. My 40th birthday was five years ago. I know it's very hard to believe, but my 40th birthday was five years ago and I had a a party in New York and there was only one person in the world who I trusted enough to be by my side to make sure that I got where I would need to be, that I was safe, that I was, you know, appropriately inebriated. And and, and, and that was you. And, and I thought long and hard about who that person I really trusted enough uh, on that on that date. So so somebody somebody who I who I really trusted like a brother. And that's and that's certainly you to me, Josh. So uh, maybe not may, maybe not the most exciting story. I'm feeling quite emotional uh, um, speaking speaking to you right now. So uh, so that so that's the story I have. Well, joy is what you always fill me with when I do see you. And that night, for the record, took us till about 2 p.m. the next day, I believe. Um, I did get you home safe. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the phone call comes from certain friends, you always pick up. And Ben is one I always will pick up for. And thank you because I know you would do the same for me. Absolutely. I love you. I love you. Brother. All right. Let's start this off, my friend, because you and I can talk about things for hours and hours. And I want to start off with some things that Ben has no idea what I'm about to ask him. This little part where I like to call rapid, rapid fire. Let's see if Ben Pundle can get a word in with me. First rapid fire. You know what, Ben? Let's have some fun. You ready to go? Let's go. First question. What is, no names need to be said, the most diva request You've ever rega- you've ever received in your professional career. Oh, most diva request was from a little-known uh, hip-hop artist called Kanye West. Uh, <laughs> many many years ago, I think you were there. 
and uh, we, we, we had a, a bar and it was called the, the, the Red Room at the Shore Club, uh, specifically because it, everything in it was, was red and that uh, he wanted it to be white and so vinyled the entire in, entire place and, and that was that was a pretty pretty diva move and, and that was just the beginning of what was quite possibly one of the most mental nights that I think we ever had in our I was there yep. yeah let's just so, say the white worm the, 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 the white room actually turned red that night the, the white room turned red that night it was one of the most uh, terrifying and I think maybe uh, bonding experiences any but he can have with a member of staff uh, when sadly, uh, you know, tragedy struck and, and a gunshot went off and uh, and our staff were in there and, and, and there was cranberry juice all over the white vinyl floor. And, yes. uh, you know, and we went back in to get the staff and there was cranberry juice all over the white vinyl floor. And the first thing yeah. I saw was, was, was red. He was crammed. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cranberry yes. juice. Thank God. All right. What is who is your favorite playwright? or author? Oof, tough one. Probably Arthur Miller. Author, Paul Auster. Arthur Miller, playwright, writer, Paul Auster. Both American, strangely. Yeah. I ask because I know some things about my friend, Mr. Pondo, that most don't, and he actually loves English literature. That's Just right. a little tidbit, right? What is your favorite gathering you've ever partaken in? And you are not allowed to say Burning Man. Garbage. Hands down. Polish. It's a Polish festival in the woods full, filled with magic. What's it called? It's, it's, in, it's in a town called Garbage. G-A-R-B-I-C-Z. So oh. it's in a town called Garbage, which is about two, two hours from Berlin. Uh, and it's on a private land in the woods. It's very special. Special gathering. I, okay. What is your most loved hotel lobby bar in history? That would be the bar at the Hotel Nordpinus in Arles in the south of France. Oh. The, the hotel was once owned by a very famous clown and a cabaret dancer in the 50s. It's where Picasso and the famous Matador Domingin used to go and hang out. And, uh, and and watch bullfights, uh, but uh, and there's a bar in in that hotel. That hotel sits at the sits at the head of a square, a very traditional kind of European square in Arles, and uh, it's got a, a very cool little bar, and it's a cross between this these beautiful visions you have of a um, of a Hemingway novel meets faulty towers if you know what that is where like everything's falling apart and everyone's yeah. doing doing you know a million things anyway sorry it's not uh yeah hotel nord canoes i'll south of france it's on my list to actually go visit 100 percent. worth it first paid job you ever had paper round I had two paper rounds when i was 13 when i was 14 i worked in a news agent stocking stocking uh, uh the shelves with 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 sweets and then i had a saturday job at K shoes, which is like Clark's shoes, K shoes, and then Ratner's jewelers, and then the body shop. Yeah, all when I was a kid, I was, I was very adventurous. Then I found other ways to make money. Yeah, we can get we, we can get into that later. Thank you very much. No, we can't. What is one place you refuse to travel to? Wow, one place I refuse to travel to. New Jersey. <laughs> 
Done. We'll take it from there. Longest consecutive period of time that you've danced? 16 hours. Where was it? It was at Bergheim in Berlin. It's a wonderful and terrible story that goes with that. <clears throat> I finished my dance session and I went back to, I was staying at Soho House in Berlin at the time, and I went back and at the time picked up my ex-girlfriend, went to the airport, and my foot was hurting. I couldn't really tell because I'd had a few, and got on the plane, and my foot continued to hurt, and then got home, hobbled to my apartment and to bed, and I woke up the next morning, my foot was the size of a more watermelon and I went to the emergency room and sure enough I'd fractured a bone in my foot from dancing for 16 and a half hours a stress fracture in the middle of my foot for dancing at Bergheim yeah you broke your foot at Bergheim from 16 hours of dancing my mates ripped the piss out of me for that for years I think it's something you should be very proud of I'm very proud of it thank you Jeff. yes next question what is one question that you ask everybody that you interview that you'd like to hire? What do they like to do when they're not working? Hmm. What is one place you long to return to? First one, on top of your mind. That I long to return to? Yes. That's also not got anything to do with dancing? Or you mean a vacation, country, anywhere? First place you long to return to in your mind? London. London. I yeah. City of your birth. Your favorite style of architecture or art period? That's very difficult because I like a lot of types of architecture. I'm, mm. I love Oscar Niemeyer, the Brazilian architect who was like a futurist and built the, the city Brasilia. I'm sure you, yeah. you, you know that. The capital. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I also love Herzog de Muron, I think yeah. they are, you know, probably the uh, most exciting architects of our generation. Mm. Um, Beautiful. If I'm coming to your house, what is the best dish you're serving me? I'm sorry, pal, but we're vegan. So Tans and I are vegan. We're super strict vegan. So I'd probably whip up one of my... Why are you apologizing? Nothing to apologize for. Uh, lentil vegetable curry and before you start making fun it's you know it's worth it I would never make fun of that I, I'm gonna say I'm I'm 80% I'm veg these days so you know wait, wait a minute 80% veg yeah wait Andrea Andrea get Andrea here Where is she'll she? tell you scream it out hey Andrea it's true, it's true she says what's that no. Get a little Here's protein in. Andrew, come on, where are you? Oh, conscious protein is what I'm taking in, okay? Conscious protein I'm specific is, okay. about the sourcing of my protein these days. We'll find a way. All right, I'm having some curry lentil dish in your house. It's true, honey. <laughs> okay. Give me your worst career moments or your most embarrassing career moments. Oh, thank you. Look at that. Cheers. 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 Thank you, Tansy. Oh, man. I can't wait to do this in person with you again, you mm. and Tans. Cheers. Negroni delivery. Look at that. Oh. Love. That is love. That's you love. I feel, I feel very lucky, and this may, this may sound like a shameless plug, but I'm very, very fortunate. I'm on lockdown in New York, and 
somebody very very kindly sent me some bottled cocktails yesterday and i haven't been drinking i'm not i'm not i'm not a very big drinker at all and it's called middle branch and i and i'm not quite sure of, of, of who, who exactly they are but i think that, you know uh, they're incredible cocktail people and they have a bar in midtown manhattan that's currently closed but they sent me these incredible negronis and mm. well you know i'm a fan of a negroni and may the day i there can cheers you face to face is going to be a happy one we we may have had a few we may have had a few Negronis together. It's a fact. Next question. So worst career moment or most embarrassing career moment? Your choice. That's a really tough one. Come worst on. career moment. Come on. Or embarrassing. Your choice. Or embarrassing. Let me get back to that because I've got a couple. But uh, Yeah, I got a couple too. Have you, what's your worst career moment? I ruined someone's wedding. How Excuse me. Wedding? Not, not, not someone's wedding. I ruined their engagement. It was horrible. It was at, at the Shore Club when you and I were together, and there was a special forces soldier that was staying in the hotel on a very limited budget. And he was about to be shipped out overseas. This was like two years after September 11th. I was a very young manager, and he had uh, his soon-to-be fiance, unbeknownst to her, staying the weekend with us at the hotel and asked if there's anything I can do to make the weekend special for them. I rolled out the red carpet, comp champagne, free apps at Nobu, dessert, made the guy feel like a king, walked into the nightclub, had the table, the whole, everything. He told me he was proposing on Saturday night. I saw him on Sunday morning by the pool on a bed that I arranged for them. And I walked up and I congratulated them on their engagement. And he looked at me with a white, cold faced he had not yet proposed to her. And she looked at me and then looked at him. He looked at me and then he looked at her. And then he said, do you wanna? And I said, holy shit. And she said yes in front of my face. And unbeknownst to my boss at that point, you, Mr. Pundle, comp them about $1,200 worth of shit that afternoon because I ruined his proposal. No, mate, he said, she said yes. That's she said yes. Thing. That's the only thing that matters. Wait, right. so how did you ruin it? She said yes, and he no. got $1,200 worth of comp champagne. All you did was give him a great story. You're right. I gave him a little shove. I gave yeah. him a little shove. All right, next question until you think of yours. If not hospitality, where do we find Ben Pundle working right now? Oh, it's a very good question. Very, very good question. I'm fascinated by digital media. Um, I, I love travel. I think it would be in the digital media travel space, mm. maybe. But I, I haven't, you know, like you, I'm, I have a true sense of hospitality in me that I've grown up with. And uh, mm. I think it, it would always have to be in, in, in some kind of hotels and travel and hospitality. I mean, one you, thing what, that... would, what, what would you be what would you be doing if it wasn't if it wasn't hotels and hospitality? Well, I'm unemployed right now, so <laughs> I'm I'm kind of unemployed right now. Um, I I think for me, I'd really like to engage in <laughs> thought. I know that sounds really crazy. I don't even know what I'm saying about right now. I'm really enjoying the the deep dive right now in, in quarantine, into mate. Quarant yeah. quarantine, quarantine, quarantine in, into subject matter. I think I, I think you'd find me writing a little bit more. Um, I enjoy writing when I take the time to do it. Um, I, I, I enjoy also hearing other people's stories. Like I, I really think I would be in a place to elevate other people's stories. I think it's. Um, I don't think people are asked the right questions all the time to to bring out their true colors. 
And I'd like to be able to maybe make people feel a little bit uncomfortable and ask them certain questions to bring out their true colors, which is why I'm doing this with you right now. And I'm gonna ask you the next question. Are you considering bringing back your modeling career from the 90s? Brilliant, thank you, pal. <laughs> For those who don't know, please follow Ben and see that in the 90s, I think it was 1996, Ben was a cover boy uh, in London and his his model face is, is, is real serious. Do you think you're gonna bring it back at all? Because I know you've got your personal style of fashion. What, what, what is it called again? The, 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 the ankles? Your jack-up pants, yeah? You like those, don't you? Is that what the Brits call them? I've never heard them called jack-ups. I've never heard them be called that, but I think I've got a bit of age. I've got a few years on your missus. <laughs> okay, next question. One person that you wish you would collaborate with? That's not you, right? Somebody else. I'd piss you off way too fast. That's Let's go. True. Yeah. I think, I think um, I'm going to say this Mary Louise show. Early show is the creative director and CEO of Pelicano Hotels. She's brilliant. Pelicano, Pasta Vecchia, Mezzatore. I think I, I, I would love to collaborate with, with Mary Louise. She's absolutely brilliant. It's just a, it's a, what, what a wonderful woman and what she's doing and her attitude is, is just amazing. Yeah. Fantastic woman who has amazing Italian pride that I watched on your Hotel Life uh, interview with her, which is absolutely beautiful uh, last week. Um, where are you retiring, Mr. Pundle, if you have the choice? Mexico. What part? Unclear. Okay. Last question. Last good deed. Last good deed. Uh, we made food for a doctor friend of ours and mm. uh, took it to to their house last week. Last last question. Last regret. No regrets. Ever. No regrets, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. Every year, I have a very heartfelt conversation with my, with my mother, and I tell her how happy I am, because I am a kid from the outskirts of London, and my brother and sister went to very nice private schools. I went to the local state school and uh, didn't do very well because I started raving. Uh, when I was very young, so didn't really do well at my at my exams, and I fell into hospitality. And my journey has been far more rewarding than I could have ever dreamed possible. And my life is filled with riches, with the places I've been, the memories I have, the people I've met, and I don't have regrets. Sure, there's been some absolutely mental shit that has happened along the way that maybe yeah. I wish wouldn't have happened but I don't really have any any, any regrets and I think I think I started this conversation by saying I'm, I'm a little emotional today obviously when, when talking with you you and I can get 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 deep and emo and uh and, and I kind of love that but I've been feeling that in in quarantine as, yeah. as well so so you know Every year I tell my mum, well, for, probably for the last five years, how happy I am, because God forbid, should anything happen to me, I'd want her to know that, that I've, at the age of 45 now, fulfilled my dreams.
Yeah, it's it's a thank you so much for sharing that because it's it is so important to to share how we feel today. And I think we're arriving in this moment in time where it was happening even pre COVID-19, like sharing your emotions was becoming more and more acceptable. And for people like us in the hospitality industry that are about programming and function and creating guest experiences, sharing feeling is going to be an integral part of what hospitality means in the future. The delivery of service and authenticity of how we're digging deep right now and how we're finding out how it is to cohabitate with somebody 24 seven alone or with multiple people or with children or with a pet or whatever it may be. Our idea of hospitality, uh, we're all running our own little baby hotels, our own bed and breakfast with us living in it day to day. We can't go anywhere. Like I think identifying with your emotions right now is going to be a major instrument of taking mm-hmm. to how we execute service in the future. Anyway. I think that, that that's one of the small silver linings that comes from this pandemic. And, you know, I'm certainly not ignoring the fact that, you know, tens of thousands of people are dying and economies are ruined and livelihoods are, are, are in shreds. But one of the silver linings, I think, when it pertains to to our business is that great service will come of this because yeah. because those businesses that don't adapt won't succeed and yeah. i think those those people who have a true sense of hospitality people are going to want that authentic genuine um uh you know response from restaurants bars clubs hotels airlines uh, that, that, that that they're used to going going to yeah th- th- this this is truly a moment where there's many ways. I mean, it's so large to be able to digest it right now is going to be impossible. But I think that mm. all of us can definitely say authenticity cannot be denied. Like right. you can tell when somebody truly is passionate and cares about something today more than ever. Narcissism, I'm sorry. This is a moment you're going to be checked. Your act is going to be called. So you better be an incredible actor or be ready to put on a different outfit that is a true reflection of yourself. Right. You know? I think we, you know, this is to some degree, and maybe it's a luxury to be able to say this, it's a kind of forced awakening. We are, we are being forced to think about ourselves, it, it, you know, each other and the world around us in a way mm. that we've never done so before. Yep. And I think that's healthy for us. You know, yesterday was Earth Day. Uh, which, which in my opinion, is just such a joke that there is a, a, still a day that we have to dedicate to recognizing and realizing that that we've got to take care of the planet a little better. Yeah. And I've lost my train of thought. What was I going? What, what was I saying about Earth Day? Why, why Earth Day? What about that? Silver linings, Earth Day. Because it's something we should be being paying attention to every single day, right? And oh no, Leo, no. So my point was. What my point was how Mother Earth has actually sent us to our rooms to think about, you know, think about what we've done, what we've done, you know, and that's a that's an important thing to recognize that there's something bigger than us outside that is telling us to, you know, go and think about how we want to how we want to proceed and you know what kind of people we, we, we want to be. Yeah, and, 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 and for me, Ben, I, I really think that uh, it's it's always forward, right? I think right now people are too much talking about a reset moment. 
it's actually one of the things that drives me crazy. Uh, this is not a reset moment. This is a recognition moment, and it's an evolutionary moment. We should say we don't want to go back to where we were. We should say where should we aspire to be. Um, you know, if if Mother Nature is sending us to our rooms, however people choose to interpret this moment, I think it's it's evolutionary. How can we take this time and become better because of it, right? So then, Josh, let me ask you. So do you think this is the reset the world needs, or do you think we're going back to business as usual? No, I don't think that either of those questions are relevant to how I feel at this moment. It's not a reset. Well, what's your, but what's your opinion on that? It's evolution. This is a moment of true evolution. Shame on us for not having our eyes open to larger pictures. Shame on us on wearing horse blinders, not seeing what's happened in the world months in advance of receiving something that was inevitably coming. Shame on us for being so narrow-minded to not listen to the, the, the word in the wind. Like, we are very, very, very uh, close-minded when it comes to possibility and, and, and research. We should be much more mindful of the world around us. This is not a reset moment. This is an evolutionary moment. This is not a sink or swim, I'm saying. But the people who swim well are going to be treading in much less turbulent waters. So I think that this is not a reset that Mother Nature has put on us. We've put this on ourselves. And how we emerge from it is also in our own hands. So not reset, evolution. You like English lit, I like history and political science. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Can you see me? It just it got dark outside. No, it just got sexier. That's all it is. All right. What's that? So next next portion, because we are I, we are moving and I, I've got some things to talk about with you. And see um, me? yeah, I can see you, I can see you fine. I can see you fine. Okay. So ne next thing I want to get into, Ben, I know you're in New York City, we've spoken about it, and I think a lot of locational information has been shared about New York City. Um, is there one single thing about New York right now that someone outside of it would not know without being in your shoes? Yes. I think it's a case of unless you're here, you can't feel what's happening. And unlike I would imagine most places in America or the, the world, other than various places in Italy and Spain, it's very real what's happening here. Tansy and I live in in, uh, in Brooklyn, and we, the amount of sirens, the sense of fear uh, and confusion and worry, which I think is actually better now than it than it was, is it's very real, very 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 real. Yeah. So. Um, you can't explain that to somebody. Uh, it, I don't think in a in a way that's really going to make somebody understand what's really happening in New York. Yeah. I'm I'm I've been in the states for 22 years. I, I moved to New York in in December 1998. I'm a proud New Yorker, despite the accent, and you know that I'm a proud, proud, proud New Yorker. And you know, New York is tough and New York is resilient and New York will get through this, but it's mm. it's it's real and it's taking a beating like it did in 9-11, like it does when the stock market hits rock bottom, uh, like it does, did during Hurricane Sandy, like it did during the blackout. Like New York takes a beating. It's, yeah. you know, I'm sure you saw that. I'm sure you saw that speech from Andrew Cuomo, the governor, who who he's right. He's right about New York. You know, New York is tough. Yeah. You know, New York makes you tough. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm born and raised in New York City, and I know that New York is tough, and it will come back. And 
you know, I think it will be a catalyst in the United States of how to have an attitude to handle the world going forward. So I hope this is also a moment of renaissance for New York of how it could be a bastion of creativity and community and to spread opportunity to other places of the United States and beyond, but also be a place to absorb lessons from larger cities that have, ex Wuhan has 2 million more people than New York City. New York is a receptive place. New York will listen and learn and, and push forward. So yes, New York tough and Cuomo's doing an amazing job. Yeah, he is. Next part I wanna get into, yesterday, today and beyond, we have multiple subjects that you and I could talk about for, for hours on end. Um, I've got a couple I'm going to toss at you. Mm. You talked to me about London in the 90s. London and, in the and, 90s. And, and I will say, as a short intro, Ben Pundle is a 22-year-old whose mother and father both worked in the hospitality industry, his father a hotelier and his mother in catering. And Ben doesn't talk a lot about his family life growing up. And he did grow you know, into his own space he filled it it wasn't given to him it was taken and it was earned and at 22 years old ben was the general manager of an infamous place called the met bar uh which led into a slew of career opportunities which if you want to google it because time is precious to talk to him right now but ben's a legend for a massive amount of reasons ben what was special about the 90s in london to you well, the 90s were pretty epic. I was 16 in 1990. I was born in 1974. So 16 in 1990, which was at the very height of acid house and the beginning or the beginnings of house music and raving and parties. And the London was on fire. And I started going out when I, I, going out when I was 15. So by the time I was 16, London in the 90s, was incredible. In 1992, I'd messed up my A-levels, so I, uh, I took, took a year off, and um, my mum's friend's son was a cook at the Groucho Club, and I got a job at the Groucho Club wheeling in wine deliveries and, and changing light bulbs and, and counting the chef's dirty laundry and running food at lunchtime to the restaurant, and I loved it. I was in love, working in Soho in 1992. Yeah. And... Then I remember one day there was a bar, there was a shortage of, of people on the bar. So I was, a, I was a waiter in the bar and that led to my, my short but wonderful career as a bartender. And, uh, and the characters, the characters in the 90s, I mean, it was bonkers. It was, there were no rules. There were characters everywhere. The, the late night after hour drinking dens and the, and the, you know, it was like a beatnik poetry scene and a, you know, an international wildness. And then, and then the late 90s was, the mid 90s was the, the, the young British artists and, and fashion like Alice Templey and Matthew Williamson and Stella McCartney and Alexander McQueen. Yeah. Um, I'm, I may have had a modeling career and, uh, and that, was, that was pretty epic. And uh, I met some real colorful characters, but some of whom I know to this day. I mean, Edward Ennerful. Uh, you know, who is now the editor-in-chief of British Vogue, yeah. uh, you know, included me in a shoot in ID in 1994, I think. So uh, good. And London, London was on fire. And then there was Britpop, you know, Britpop and Blur versus Oasis. And then the rise of Manchester as well, and that whole Manchester scene. So those from London would go up to Manchester. And my sister was at college at, at, in, at Manchester. She was at Manchester University. So we'd go up there and go to the Hacienda and the Dry Bar. And I was in a club once called, 
think it was called PSV and Hume. It was like so dodgy. And I was in the bathroom at the urinal and all of a sudden the police came in, grabbed me and another guy who was having a, who were having a piss and grabbed us out of the club. Uh, put their, they put their jackets over our heads and dragged us out of the, the club that had been gassed because there was about to be a huge gang war, you know, shooting thing. It was mental, the 90s. Um, and you know, I lost my coat that night. But uh, And then it was the rise. The music, the music was amazing. The music, the house music that was made in England at the time was just out of this world. So you had house music on one side and you had, you had house music in the clubs in London. You had hardcore out in the fields. You had Britpop, you know, on the radio. It was... It was one one hell of a one hell of a. I was working at the Groucho Club, so I was surrounded by everybody that was making the scene happen. It was incredible. A good time to be alive. It was the best. It was the All best. Right. I never I never really realised it. Never really realised it. It was the best. Yeah, I mean, oh. history is interesting, right? If you don't know where you've been, you don't know where you're going to go. And I think that now is an amazing time to really think about the places that brought you joy in your own history and how you could you know, move that forward. Because great moments usually are not recognized until they're past, right? There's very few people that are like, oh my God, this is an amazing thing happening right now. Most of them are recognized after they're already done. But I think and they help shape you. I think absolutely. they help shape you. If you are part of a scene, if you are part of a movement, if you were born in New York, if you, if you had the same experience in New York, that I had in, in London in the 90s. If you had the same experience, say, between 1975 and 1985 in New York, you've lived through a scene and you're part of it, then you will, you will always have that. I mean, yeah. it was mental. I was but working... I was, isn't it fascinating right now to think that we're all experiencing this moment, yeah? So regardless of age, regardless of profession, we're all impacted by what we're having right now. So I'm curious what comes out of this one in terms of a generational professional perspective no well it's interesting i think because unlike you who puts this down to evolution i think that a lot of the world will go back to normal the world will go back to normal however don't interrupt me the world will go back to normal with new avenues of innovation that will blow our minds called evolution because there is a cultural digital revolution yeah. happening right now. Ben, I entirely agree that a lot of things will go back to normal, but it's a, a, a part of it is evolution, right? This isn't going to happen overnight, but this is a part of evolution, right? right? Anyway, I'm going to give you, you the choice. Next topic is either going to be future celebrity culture behind door A, behind door B, hospitality, hotels, or future travel. C, ambassadors versus influencer or d various style, uh, stages of quarantine hospitality hotels and future travel Please. there you go get involved what does it mean to you i think let's talk about hotels because that's what i well that, that that's what i know best i love hotels i grew up let's in hotels. i love hotels i think the future of hotels is it may be going to depend on how good you are at hospitality and I know that sounds crazy but a lot of people have got into the hotel business over the last few years for all the wrong reasons mm. and I think to 
unless hotels, businesses that are involved in travel or hospitality have a focus on impact and purpose, sustainability uh, and sustainable practices, then they will not be relevant to a very, very powerful and influential generation. Mm. And thank God, because we need that. So yeah. I think there is, there could be great things that come out of this, as far as uh, as far as the future of the future of hospitality. Um, the immediate future is very grim. I feel awful for people who have lost their lost their jobs, uh, and I truly hope that that's the first thing that's addressed because people need to eat and look after their families, etc. But I think as far as innovation. It could be an opportunity for for new ideas mm. and those new ideas could be ideas that were being worked on anyway but you know maybe they've, they've been sped up a little bit like plant-based diets no waste chefs renewable energy i think it's very very important mm. and uh and i think some of those some of those things will be fast-tracked for the for the better in the industry okay what do you think about the future of celebrity cultural influence it's interesting because nobody gives a shit right now uh and that's fine but they will again and lady gaga um one world at home together on last saturday i watched it the rolling stones were absolutely magnificent they raised how much did they raise? Eighty million dollars, or something? Yeah. was it more? 50, 50 million, eighty million dollars. Um, weirdly, it was from all the companies who are causing. You know, don't get me started. It was. It was from all the companies that are causing all the issues in in the first place. All these huge monopolies on on. Nobody, don't get me started. But however, I think there is certainly a place for it. There'll always be a place for celebrity culture. There'll always be a place for influence. And celebrities, certainly in America, have influence. Now, if that influence is misguided, then those celebrities will not be relevant. So maybe we have an opportunity to guide that celebrity influence. It's a conversation I was having with the editor-in-chief of Condé Nast Traveller yesterday on my Instagram live chat. And she being the global editor of Condé Nast Traveller. One of the most influential jobs in the world, by the way. Right, ha has a responsibility and also yeah. an opportunity to, to guide the conversation. And I think anybody that has a platform that works with, in any way, celebrities, whatever that means, or influential people, then they have a responsibility to guide the conversation. And... Um, so I think it could it could work in our favor. So there's certainly a place for celebrity culture. We should use it wisely. We shouldn't mm. just worship it for the for, for, for the for the sake of it. Mm. Well said, Mr. Pundle. I could talk to you for hours and hours, and I'm totally dipping out on this segment I normally do because we're over 40 minutes, um, and I don't care because who gives a shit about rules right now? And I'm talking to my friend and. There's no Whatever. rules. There's no rules. No rules. Airport rules. rules, mate. Nine in the morning. You can have a Negroni if you want. Wear your pajamas all day. 
Yes, you can. I'd just like um, to say that I bowed for you before this. I did. <laughs> I usually do ask something about good riddance. Give me some more liar, liar, pants on fire. Um, I know you have opinions about things you've gotten rid of your life and things that you are bringing into your life, but I, I, I will ask you, uh, you've literally had thousands of people work for you over your career. You uh, have been heralded as such a positive influencer, as a leader, and an inspiration to lift people's spirits and represent a brand personally because how you've described it and lived it yourself. Um, you probably have not yet gotten a fraction of the recognition for what you've done for brands, in my opinion, uh, that the names of the brands uh, shadowed the influence that you imparted on them. And I think that's one thing that Ben Pundle should be recognized for on a grandiose scale because you've done epic work that your name has not been on the title of. I will say that because you've been my boss. I don't work for you right now. I don't have to fear it. Ben Pundle, you've done amazing things that you should get more credit for. That being said, give me your parting word. What is, what is, what is the Pundle message that you would love to share with uh, all the people that revere and respect you and would uh, look to you for continued leadership as uh, you've always done in your career. Firstly, thank you for the kind words. Please. I think it would be remiss of me to not leave you with this. Mm. Always be a gentleman and never play by the rules. I think it's my favorite saying. I've probably been saying it for 15 years. If you are a gentleman, then you are always ethical, you are always moral, you always do things in a way that represent you and the company you work for very well. But if you play by the rules, you're not always going to get the results that are the best results. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying you should break, break processes or you know, but sometimes you need to think about that stuff afterwards, you know, yeah. and ask for forgiveness instead of permission. So follow your heart. Follow your heart. Listen, if you're passionate about it and if you're a good person, you will succeed. Passion is underrated. If you are passionate about it, nothing else matters because everything else falls away. Judgment, fear, they all fall away if you, if you have the passion for something. Now, it takes a while for a lot of people to find out what their true passions are. And those passions can change. And that doesn't just go for, you know, professionally. That's, that's uh, you know, socially, financially, romantically. You know, but always be aware of what your passions are and follow them because ev everything else will, will, will fall to the wayside and you will succeed if you have, if you have passion for the things you love well mr pundle to passion and purpose i think that these days provide us with clarity of the things that make us feel good to make us go forward every single day because confusion is going to lead towards where to turn next and if you could really focus on the things that give you determination and a, and a trajectory to head towards passion is one of those purpose is one of those it being your friends and following the influence that you will continue to lead will show me a way. And I will say thank you for getting a word in with me, my friend. I love you with all my heart. 
And I look forward to many, many more conversations and meetings in the next one in person. Yes. Thank you, my friend. And thank you so much, Josh, for being such an incredible friend to me and so inspiring to so many people. And, you know, I love you so much, my friend, and I hope to be having having a Negroni with you soon. We will. All right. Ben, thanks for getting a word in with me. I love you with all my heart. Take care, brother.